Hey there, welcome to the Snakebird Podcast. My name's Josh. And I'm Steve. Together we invite you to join us as we explore the mysteries of Scripture, the realm of God, and freedom through Christ. To spread out your wings and slither in place. Because this is Snakebird. Hey, welcome Snakebirds to a fresh episode of the cast. Today we're discussing sayings of Jesus that are considered hard or difficult to understand and attempting to bring light and life to what they might mean. Why, hello there, Snakebirds. We do hope you're having a phenomenal day. And as always, we hope you're ready to dive into the mysteries of God, primarily in this episode, the part of God that became a man, as Josh said, these hard sayings of Jesus, because he, I mean, let's face it, he said some pretty hard, controversial even things, didn't he? Mm -hmm. Yeah. A lot of times where we were like, what, what does that mean even? Yeah. Yeah. There's always seems to be that guy that someone knows where they always bring like too much meat to the conversation that's more simple. <laughs> and I wonder back in the day if the people were like, wait, wait, what did he just say? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> he just threw the wrench in the gears of the, that's not common thinking. Yeah. That is way too profound for this early in the morning. Yeah. You know, I heard a, a sermon by Francis Chan once and uh, he, he threw this statement out. It was kind of a mic drop statement where he said, Jesus could never hold a crowd like I do. And everybody just stopped, you know, like waiting for the lightning to strike. Mm -hmm. But um, he was actually making a statement about the hard sayings of Jesus. And it it was kind of an analogy of humility because he went on to point out that we as human teachers, we're going to structure our words, our teachings to make people either like us or put our knowledge in the spotlight. Um, and, and sometimes the honest truth will be left out to accomplish that end. Yeah. Wow. So um, Jesus didn't operate that way. No, and, that's so true. You know, he was a storyteller, not because he wanted us to be captivated by his his great ability in storytelling, but because, you know, parables are sometimes the softest and easiest ways to describe a deeper reality. Yeah. To spiritually adolescent ears. Yes. Yeah. And he didn't waste any words. He didn't. Every time he told a story, it, it was chock full yeah. of so much meaning and... And, and so many things that so many people could take away from it. And he didn't uh, waste words, but he also didn't mince words. That's true. Because he wasn't afraid to say something to somebody. And especially those that were walking on the wrong side or hurting the people of God. Yeah. And I also think we're so often compared to sheep mm-hmm. and they're not the smartest animals. So Jesus, he had just such a perfect way of just enough meat, just enough this and that. And at the end, you always heard the, those who have ears, let them hear. Yeah. So he threw in there, there is meat here if you want it, but there's also some really simple stuff here. Yes. Yeah. And I feel like with Francis Chan, you know, as a man and wanting people to like you, you might feel inclined to pull punches. Mm-hmm. Whereas Jesus, you know, he was never cruel to anyone, but he was very direct. Yeah. He definitely, he had a stern side, no doubt, but he used that properly in the cases that it was needed. And, and yeah. likewise, the opposite, Snake and Bird, our first episode, yeah, you know, yeah. we've talked about that. Yeah. So, you know, just thinking about this um, topic, there was a few verses that I've come across um, in my New Testament reading that I've always believed that I've had an understanding of, but I wanted to make sure that I knew what they meant. Because like we've been saying, Jesus said some things at times that were difficult to swallow. Yeah. And, and you walk away scratching your head like a sheep going, Go, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I found out that there's this book titled Hard Sayings of Jesus, where the author F.F. F. Bruce who was the Rylands Professor of Biblical Criticism 
mysticism and exegesis takes on 70 sayings of Jesus that he deemed difficult. So I wanted to say right off the bat that if this episode piques your interest, you might just check that book out. I, I found oh, it on Amazon. It, I, unfortunately, um, I found it way too late right before we recorded this episode, and so I didn't have the chance to get it. But I did want to share uh, this one excerpt that I found that he wrote um, in some of his notes. He says, If in the following pages I explain the hard sayings of Jesus in such a way as to make them more acceptable or less challenging, then the probability is that the explanation is wrong. (laughs) He said, Jesus did not go about mouthing pious platitudes. Had he done so, he would not have made as many enemies as he did. The common people heard him gladly, we are told, more gladly at any rate than the members of the religious establishment did. But even among the common people, many were disillusioned when he turned out not to be the kind of leader they hoped he would be. I mean, that's legit. Yeah, I really like that. Yeah, yeah. And I I appreciate that he's like, hey, if I water this down and make these hard sayings easy sayings, then I'm not doing them justice. Yeah, no doubt. And I'm going to have to check that out because we didn't bring 70 to this episode. No, no. But there, it makes you think, you know, if you dissect everything Jesus said, there's probably so much meat in there. Yes. And I I can't wait to check that book out. Yeah, yeah. And I found out that he and uh, three others actually also authored a book called Hard Sayings of the Bible that's written almost like a commentary where it starts in Genesis and it goes and it finds the hard saying and then it continues on to the next one and goes all all the way through scripture. And so um, in terms of finding the the passage that you're looking for, it's really simple. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm definitely so going to be getting that. I would recommend that. For sure. Um, one other thing that I will just mention before we start jumping into the actual hard sayings that we brought, uh, I wanted to mention that some of these more debated teachings of Jesus were, were said by him to people um, in specific situations to captivate specific hearts mm-hmm. and they weren't blanket statements for mm-hmm. everyone to just fall in line and do this exactly as he said it. He was a teacher of parables. He made comparisons. He made all sorts of, you know, um, things like that in, in his parables. So we should, I think it would do us good to remember that some of these things he said were for specific people and mm-hmm. specific hearts. Now the, the application we can pull yes. from these is for everybody, no doubt, but but um, I just thought that was something good to mention, and I think we'll probably get into that. It'll be pretty evident as we unfold some of these. I know exactly what you're talking about because I have one that is very specifically related to that statement exactly. Right. On. Whereas if yeah. we took a carte blanche, we'd all be kind of like, well, how does this work for us? Because yeah, that's exactly. scary. No <laughs> <You> doubt. <know? laughs> I thought it'd be good to mention from the uh, get-go. Yeah. Well, um, I also thought as our premise verse uh, for this episode, it could be found in John chapter 6, verse 60. It says, Therefore, many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, This is a hard, or if you're looking at a different version of the Bible, it says, or difficult saying, who can understand it? And then Jesus goes on and he says, Does this offend you? <laughs> yeah. What yeah, what better saying of Jesus to start us off with than eat my flesh and drink my blood? Exactly. Because it you know, to certain ears, I honestly 
honestly, to a lot of ears, it, it can sound cultish, vampiric almost. Mm-hmm. It's very strange. And I would note that it, it's not one of those topics that simply gets lost by the culture back then. Mm-hmm. Because like you just said, his his very disciples were like, this statement is unpleasant. Yes. This is, who can understand, who wants to listen to this? Yeah. And so it's a lot of times we'll go and the preacher will say in like a sermon, you know, this is lost in context because of the culture. Not so. Mm-hmm. This was something hard for them to hear. It's something weird for us to hear. Yeah. And so I think this is a great icebreaker for, for this topic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, you're thinking, well, did they bum rush him and start just chewing on him? Well, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I, yeah, I, I have some more to say on that That's okay. it, when we, as we get into it. Yeah. But, uh, I'm, Josh, I don't know if you set the scene much on this one, but I thought it'd be a good idea. I didn't. Okay. Yeah. Well, let me set the scene. Because uh, I think it'll be almost impossible to understand the statement unless we see what led to it. Of course, yeah. Um, the day before he said this, he had just fed the 5,000 people. Uh, it was a huge event. Uh, people even tried to take Jesus by force to make him king to fulfill prophecy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus, knowing it wasn't his time, he fled away. That night was the walking on water scene. And what we see is that this crowd that was fed the day before, they were still waiting by the Sea of Galilee the next day, yes. still waiting. They're like, where did he go? And where's my free meal ticket? Yeah, I mean, exactly. come on, this guy, you know, he's got Burger King in his back pocket. Well, yeah, and, and Jesus' response to them was, you're only seeking me because of all that free bread you got yesterday, mm-hmm. Par- paraphrased, obviously. Um, and he's, he basically says, this, it's not the bread you should be seeking. And that's what starts this whole conversation leading to eating his flesh and drinking his blood um, came from. Because the people, they bring up the whole bread from heaven thing that happened with Moses. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jesus tells them, you know, that bread didn't come from Moses, but from God. And the bread that God gives contains eternal life. And then he follows up by by saying he is that bread mm-hmm. that leads to eternal life, unlike the manna that couldn't sustain the Israelites forever. Yeah. And uh, it's funny because at this point, all the Jews start arguing. <laughs> They're like, didn't this kid come from Mary and Joseph? How uh-huh. can he claim that he came from heaven? We know where he came from. I just thought of the dumbest joke. What? He's like, you don't need manna. You need the man. Duh. You know? <laughs> yeah, but they're like, we know where this guy came from. Yeah. They they almost have like a Nicodemus moment trying to figure out how to get back in his mother's womb. Mm-hmm. Because then they're, start, they're like arguing about how in the world they're going to physically eat Jesus' body. <laughs> I've and, never been a cannibal before. Yeah. I've never considered cannibalism. But yeah. it's like, but he teaches it. You know, <laughs> and, and Jesus at this point, and he does, I've noticed in some of his parables, he has a moment where he just... He even breaks the topic open further. He's like, why are you talking about this? Mm-hmm. And, and he drops the mic by stating the notion even more openly with that initial verse. Um, well, we didn't actually read it, did we, Josh? No, we didn't. Um, do you want to read, I guess, the verse that we're, we're talking about here? Sure. So John chapter 6, verse 53, Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. For my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died, but whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, we do have a little bit of 
benefit of hindsight yes. because we remember the Last Supper mm-hmm. and Jesus revealed, you know, this is in remembrance of me yeah, and, and all of that. They didn't have that yet, but they were soon going to know mm-hmm. because Jesus' ministry was nearly over. Well, and to them being Jewish, this should have brought up some of the imagery of the sacrifice. It, it, very true. Yeah. And so you're right. In hindsight, we are like, well, this is obvious. But mm-hmm. I can see where a, a person would be like, what in the world are you talking about? Mm-hmm. And like Gentiles, you said, the, probably the, for sure. <laughs> the Nicodemus <laughs> moment where they're like, well, get the fork and, you know, get the yeah. knife. We're going to we're going to actually take this literally. Yeah. Well, and we know that the Pharisees were very um, exacting creatures. Mm. So the way they talked was not like the way Jesus talked. No, that's true. I don't know how much storytelling they did. I'm sure there was some, but not like this. Yeah. (laughs) You almost need like Captain Obvious to come in and pause the scene and go, "Um, it's a metaphor. Yeah, right. (laughs) Exactly. And, and, you know, that's a tradition that we, we carry even today mm. with with, with um, communion, Lord's Supper, whatever you want to call it. It's it's a remembering Jesus. We're eating the cracker, remembering his body that was broken yes. for us, the blood. We, we It's a remembrance. Do thing. this in remembrance. I, I found a quote yeah. from Spurgeon I wanted to share. I thought this was yeah. really cool. In eating and drinking, a man is not a producer, but a consumer. He is not a doer or a giver forth. He simply takes in. If a queen should eat, if an empress should eat, she would become as completely a receiver as the pauper in the workhouse. Eating is an act of reception in every case. So it is with faith. You have not to do, to be, or to feel, but only to receive. And I, I think that's what Jesus was trying to say. Like this gift I'm giving you freely, mm-hmm. you know, but you're trusting in your forefathers for bread that didn't sustain, but I am the bread of life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That was the whole point. They're yeah. Like you're not even cooked, you yeah. know, it's like, get it, get it together, <laughs> yeah. guys. But so many of them were fans, but not followers. Yeah. They were there for the free meal and yeah. they were there for, it was dinner and a movie, you yeah. know, let's see some healings. Let's see some miracles. Exactly. And then let's feed, you know, and he's like. Hey, this is going to get real. And after that, a lot of them turned away. Yeah, that's true. It does say that. It says that a lot, it was too much for some people to hear, and they, they did. He lost yeah. a lot of followers, disciples. It yeah. Says. And it's kind of a creepy verse um, heading. It's John 6 66. Oh, wow. So I don't yeah. know if you've ever put that together. I haven't. Yeah. No, I, that's crazy. Ooh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, I'm not superstitious at all. I don't think that's like the devil in the Bible. But well, I don't think just, they had initial verses back then anyway. Yeah, so. No, they, they definitely didn't. It's just weird how that landed. It's like yeah. from that time on, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. I mean, six, six, six. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yep, bringing you a weird in the word right here in the middle of this good podcast. Oh, no, no, that's interesting. It's it's funny to think about, if nothing else. Yes. Um, the only other thing that that I mentioned on this, I mean, I think it's I think it's pretty obvious what was happening there as far mm-hmm. as the teaching, but. Um, with all of the different references that Jesus showed us throughout Scripture, um, he, he was like living water. He was the bread of life, the door, the way. And all of these parabolic things, you know, Jesus referred to in order to describe simple truths to people who simply weren't ready for deeper realities a mm-hmm. lot of times. And some of them were. And those who had ears heard it, and those mm-hmm. who didn't, 
didn't. Yes. But um, I just I, I thought I'd mention there's there's a few other things that he said. That yeah. were, I'm a door. I'm the way. You know. I'm, I'm the, the bread water. of life. Yeah. I'm water. Yeah. You know the woman at the well. You know this water that you drink is eternal. It's he used a lot of that stuff. <laughs> well, let me get that water so I never have to come to this well again. Yeah, people always went literal. Yes. They always went yeah, literal. Yeah. Yeah. And and I do appreciate that he said those things, even though it's kind of scary to think that those are the things that are driving people away. I, I feel like he he knew intentionally what he was saying because of the heart of the receiver. Yeah. Like like we're gonna talk about like he's speaking directly to people's hearts versus that carte blanche, like take this as commands from me. Yeah, yeah. A, a fix all for every situation. Yes, exactly. And, yeah, no doubt. I'm glad you said it that way. All right. So which direction should we head next, Josh? Because I know my uh, my next one that I jump into is hate your father and mother. Oh. So that's a doozy. <laughs> yeah, why don't we go ahead and get that one out of the way? <laughs> Let's do that. And then I'll, uh, I'll bring my first one. <laughs> All right, cool. So Luke 14, 26. We have what many would call a disturbing statement made by Jesus. And that statement is... If anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. And just reading verse 26, it's not only disturbing, but it sounds contradictory because we have verses like Matthew 19, 19, where Jesus tells us to honor our father and mothers. Um, Jesus himself gives us the two commands that fulfill the whole law in Matthew 22, 40 where we're to love our neighbors as ourselves. And if we're to love our neighbors, then family, friends certainly fall into that. Um, As we see in 1 Timothy 5.8, that anyone who does not provide for their relatives, especially for their own household, has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Mm. And, you know, that's speaking of our love towards our family by taking care of them. So what in the world is this business about hating our family in order to be true followers of Jesus? Because, man, that it, it jumps at you, doesn't it, Josh? Yes. Yeah. I mean, like you said, this one seems to go against the general teachings of Jesus. It's kind of hard to reconcile because you're like, that That makes, it yeah. doesn't line up. Yeah. If, if an atheist, say Richard Dawkins or someone, wanted to, to throw something in our face, it would be one of these verses. Uh, I can poke holes in your beliefs. <laughs> Look at this, verse 26. <laughs> You know, so oh, yeah. this is one of those. I like the stink you put on that. <laughs> Look at this. <laughs> this is definitely one of those that they would they would bring up. Mm-hmm. So, and that's why it's in the hard sayings category. So. Um, to answer this, I want to go back and look at the portions um, directly after that. That's kind of contradictory in itself. I want to go back to see what he said after. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Getting the context, the 2020 yeah. context. Yeah, but he, he gives some examples about what he's talking about. So I want to go ahead and read uh, verses 25 through 35 of Luke 14. Large crowds were traveling with Jesus, and turning to them, he said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Suppose that one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay down the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you 
saying, This person began to build and wasn't able to finish. Or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Won't he first sit down and consider whether he is able to win with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? And if he is not able, he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything that you have cannot be my disciples. Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is fit neither for the soil or the manure pile. It is thrown out. Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Uh, and I love that last part there because Jesus is already telling us there's meat. There's deeper stuff here. Yes, yeah. Than just the wording, hate your family. <laughs> so the first scenario he lays out is someone who wants to build a tower. He makes it clear that a foundation for the tower is not enough. The end goal is to have a constructed tower, and it's going to be completely pointless to lay the foundation of the project when the entire thing is just going to be abandoned for lack of commitment. Mm. And then the same idea is put in a different wording with the Warring Kings. It's an impulsive decision to rage battle without counting the cost of winning the battle. In other words, it starts like fireworks, you would say, and then fizzles out. It's just like this impulsive, I'm going to do this. Yeah, this is a good decision. And then there's not a real deep or sincere commitment mm-hmm. being made. Um, he, he's making a point of commitment and priority here. And he makes the same statement in Luke 9:57 by saying, No one after putting his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. I know that we're probably going to expound on that here in a little bit. Mm-hmm. But there are many more confirming scriptures throughout um, the Bible in the New Testament, like uh, Hebrews 10, 38. It says, uh, My righteous one will live by faith, and if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not among those who shrink back to destruction, but of those who have faith for the safekeeping of the soul. And I, I would note the the word shrink back in the Greek, it's um, hupostello, which means to withdraw, draw back, keep back, to shun, conceal. And it's the same word used in Galatians 2.12 that described Peter whenever he he was acting one way with the Gentiles, acting like they're included. And then when the Jews showed up, he started to separate, withdraw himself from the Gentiles because he feared the Jews. And he was like, oh, these are my people. Yes. So that's the same word that it's talking about. It's, it's a withdrawing away from God. Um, so this heart of commitment Jesus is talking about is speaking of someone who is not withdrawing and separating themselves from God, abandoning this great calling uh, by returning to their lost life. I think of you know the dog that returns to its vomit type mm. of situation. Um, so when Jesus makes a statement of hating a father and mother and family, he's making a statement that draws extreme attention to the priority of the relationship to him compared to others. And I mean, if you think about it, the closest other relationships in your life, they're going to be family, right? Yes. And knowing that some people run into all sorts of resistance with their family members, you know, Jesus said in Matthew 10, 36 through 37, a man's enemies will be the members of his own household. Anyone who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And honestly, chronologically, I don't know if if that's Matthew describing the same event as Luke was mm-hmm. when he said to literally hate them. Yeah. So it could be, it might not be, but I, I, that is definitely the gist of what Jesus is saying, not to love them more than him. The mm-hmm. commitment is to him, not 
to the worldly things. And then, of course, all these things will fall into place if he's the first. That's the point Jesus is making. Yeah. The one thing I could say about this is in Matthew's gospel, those words are followed by the saying about taking up the cross and following Jesus. The implication of this sequence is that giving one's family second place to the kingdom of God is one way of taking up your cross. Oh, yeah. So, cross, family. (laughs) You know what I mean? For sure. Giving it the emphasis. And that's one that that people have really struggled with because mm-hmm. um, I, I've actually talked to another brother that said, "Man, for years I I took this at face value, and I I tried to develop a hate wow. from, my, from my parents because there are certain things I saw in my raising that I never even agreed with, mm-hmm. and this is just an excuse for me to expound on that." Yeah, and I'm like, "Oh man!" And of course, he told me he's like, "Obviously, now I know better." So, can I ask you a question? Yeah. You've heard the verse that says, Jacob have I loved, Esau have I hated. Yes. And so as That's some, another hard one. Yeah, that it is. And some expositors have broken it down that it would more likely say, Jacob have I loved and Esau have I loved less. Okay. Because I found a commentator that presented that the hating in this saying of Jesus actually means loving less. And, oh, and wow. it's yeah. shown in those Matthew verses where he's like, anyone that loves them more than me isn't yes. isn't worthy of me. You know, if you love your wife more than me, if you love yeah. your father or mother more than me, then you're not worthy of me. And, and I, we've said this in the past um, that a lot of times... Hebrew and Greek does not play well with English. Um, That's one thing that anybody, a scholar will tell you is like, you cannot translate it word for word Mm -hmm. to English. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. This is one of those things, I think. Yeah, I I agree. But I'll, uh, I'll just end this, this particular one with a quote from John Piper. He says, but when we have sat at Jesus feet through all four gospels, he has won our trust, our allegiance, our utter devotion the overwhelming sense that we have is that everything has changed. No relationship will ever be the same again. Some will be exquisitely deeper and happier as we discover who our true family is. Whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and sister and mother, Mark 3.35. Mm-hmm. But some will be shattered. A person's enemies will be those in his own household, we just read. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought that that was, um, that was a cool thing, that as we have sat through all four Gospels, we can see the, the wide meaning of what Jesus is saying in that. Yes. Yeah, and, and I thought of the verse also that said, No one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age and in the age to come, eternal life. And, oh, wow. you know, you think about those of the day who looked at Jesus and they thought he was a fool or a heretic. And it's possible that the heads of the household, which held so much power in that time, shunned them and said, you're dead to me. You know, and you think of like the way that Jesus would be talking to somebody who came and and said, dad, I found the Messiah. And he's like, no, you know, and Jesus is like, yeah, yeah, no, you have it. Not in this house you have. Go get back in the fishing boat, you know? (laughs) Yeah. 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 And the, the inner turmoil that they would have going for my whole life. My dad has been in essence, a little G God to me, you know, the ruler. And now I found the Messiah who is the big G God. You know, what do I do? 
Yeah. And uh, I, I could just imagine that struggle and Jesus speaking to the hearts of those specific people in this instance. That's really good. I like that. I don't have that right in front of me, that scripture you just read, but did he say that you will receive a hundredfold in this age and and eternity after? Is that In this present age and in the age to come. So something I just thought about as you were reading that is... Um, Jesus talking about, yeah, this is going to shatter some of your family relationships, but the part about this age, Mm -hmm. think about the brothers and sisters that you just gained. You literally did gain a hundredfold family versus the family you lost. Yeah. And I think it's in 1 John where it specifically addresses fathers and young men. And I feel like I've met so many fathers uh, in the faith to me. Yeah. You know, outside of my own dad, who is fantastic, but yeah. there are men that I would still call father in, in a spiritual sense because of how much they've poured into me. Man, I, I got to say, that could probably be an episode in itself, yeah. focusing on the family, oh. not, not just church, but <laughs> okay, family. Okay, you know? <laughs> No, I'm just joking. <laughs> no, that's a fantastic idea. I like that. Yeah, no, that that's just really, that, that captivated me just looking into what we just said yeah, there. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. I'm sorry, you said focusing on the family, and it just cracked me <laughs> Did up. Did I? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were referring to me being interested in the family. Oh, unit. no, no. You said, you <laughs> said like, yeah. I straight up said, focus on the family family. You said the secret words. <laughs> <laughs> You've activated the Christian winter soldier. Oh my gosh. That's hilarious. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I really like that. I, I had overlooked that verse and that says a lot. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, um, hate your father and mother guys. <laughs> I hope that we um, did it justice. Cause I, I feel like it is a pretty clear thing to understand once you really dive into it. But, um, yeah, that, that was what we have on that one. So, Josh, what uh, what say you on the next hard saying? We're off to a great start. Cannibalism and family division. Let's <laughs> exactly. let's keep going. Let's keep this train yeah, rolling. Th- there is a reason why we said these are difficult sayings. Yep, that's why they landed here. Yeah. So I have for our next hard saying: cut off your hand or pluck out your eye. Oh, mercy. <laughs> yeah, and that comes to us from Matthew five twenty-seven through thirty, when Jesus is giving the Sermon on the Mount. And it says, you've heard it said, you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than your whole body to go to hell. Mm -hmm. And... That, I remember the first time I read that, and it freaked me out. Yeah. Because all I could imagine was going into my kitchen and finding my dad's cleaver (laughs) and the cutting board and getting it out and sitting there like, you know, getting a leather strap for me to bite down on and just hacking at that sucker. Yeah. And it freaked me out. Well, you know, and you do have to be careful with kids on this stuff Uh because there's a level of discernment that if face value doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of interesting because I was just reading it, I believe in the NIV, 
But the older versions, like the King James Version, says, If thy right eye offend thee, which is generally meaningless to readers today because the verb offend no longer means trip up or anything like that, which in literal usage it still did in 1611. Um, <laughs> 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 the the uh, ERV said originally, If their right eye causeth thee to stumble, <laughs> which <laughs> you think about... Uh, somebody walking along and be like, I just stumbled. I'm plucking this sucker out. You know, um, there can be some mistranslation. Yes, can't there? Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine the crowd looking at Jesus going, what does this mean? Yeah. But this is again, one of those cases where he starts to speak in hyperbole mm-hmm. and we find out even, uh, he takes it a little bit further in Mark where a foot is mentioned in addition to the eye in the hand. <laughs> so, if we were to take this literally, we could virtually be unable to walk, unable to do two-handed things, yeah, and um, definitely not have depth perception. Right. And this is one of those cases where we have to more look into like, how does this affect us yeah. going to heaven? And how does this affect us um, moving forward? Because there is that thought of what happens if we don't get control of our, uh, of what we have of our members. And, um, I found it interesting that there's no cases, uh, in history that anyone has pointed to where someone actually took this literal, um, except there is a case of a man named Origen. Uh, but if the story is true that he made himself a eunuch, for the kingdom of heaven's sake, that his uh, action was in response to another uh, part of scripture. <laughs> not this one. Not the, it was a different scripture. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not to cut that short or anything. Um, but, okay, just going back to this hard saying, I, I don't think anyone necessarily struggles with wanting to cut their own hand off or pluck out their own eye because that just sounds like you're watching the Saw franchise. Yeah. Um, but the heart of the issue is, what are we going to do to bring our members into self-control? Yeah. Because the the thought is, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world but to forfeit his soul? Mm-hmm. And, and all joking aside, I really would rather get to heaven with one less arm or one less eye. Yeah, that's how serious it is. Yes, and that's the point of why Jesus said it. That is that is the difficult saying. Mm-hmm. And while this one for me is not as hard to understand, especially as hate your own mother or father or eat my flesh and drink my blood, yeah. there is a certain amount of discernment that has to go into it because um, there was so much fear of people taking this literally that there was a friar that got up and was trying to be like, don't take this literally. And, and you know, we can't put this in the in the scripture because lay people are going to be blind and dumb. And, and to the point where all of a sudden this other preacher got up and was like, well, if there was a friar who got up in a fox costume, the people would understand that he wasn't actually a fox. He was just an idiot. <laughs> and so, <laughs> yeah, this happened um, oh, wow. somewhere uh, during the time of... Um, I think William Tyndale's English translation coming out. So I thought that was yeah, hilarious. And that is hilarious. Yeah, so that's a hard saying that that maybe is a little bit softer than the ones we've already covered, but I thought it was interesting. Well, and I also, I wonder if it's softer because it was that much more harsh, mm-hmm. you know, because 
people who who follow Jesus, they want to take his word seriously. And when we read certain scriptures, you, there's always that thought in the back of your head, am I not going the extra mile? Am I not taking this as literal as he's actually asking? Yeah. Me? And so people will question these things like hating your father, your mother. This one, I mean, nobody wants to go through the pain of cutting off an appendage. Well, and I, I don't know historically if this was something that would happen then, but I've heard of the penalty for stealing in some countries is yes. losing your hand. Yeah. Or... um I don't know if they're plucking out eyes during Jesus's day, but mm-hmm. that could really be a, a scary image to somebody because they're yeah. like, I've seen it actually in the marketplace. No doubt. And and I know that there's there might not have been anything recorded in history, but I guarantee you that there's people that for whatever reason, just because they're, they're not all there or they're so demonically influenced because of the situation they're in that they they have probably thought about that mm-hmm. you know recorded or not that's just something you, i think it's important to point this out that that Jesus often got frustrated when people took things literal when he was w- with Nicodemus mm-hmm. and all these people so i think that is really important to point out i i can't help but think of i had this kid on my crew when i was running a construction crew and we were building a fence that divided this warehouse and um it was an 8 foot fence i needed a battery on my side and i was like hey, Hey, um, whatever his name was, will you throw? <laughs> I remember it. I don't want to say. Oh, okay. It. Uh, I was like, hey, will you um, throw me the battery over the fence? And because I need it over here. Mm-hmm. And he was like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, I need the battery. And he was like, you want me to throw it? And I was like, well, dude, yeah, I, I need you to get it to me. Could you just throw it over the fence to me? And he looks at me. He's like, okay. And he rears back like a full baseball leg up in the air and just launches it into the ceiling and just shatters this $150 battery. And I'm sitting there looking at him. I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah. And he said, dude, you said throw it. Oh, no. And he he was, I will say this, he was a kid that was fresh out of um, the orphanage. He he had just turned 18 or whatever age. And so... He, he was one of those that hadn't been taught a whole lot of simple things that people should just connect dots okay. on. And he did this, and I remember, and that makes me think of some of this. It, to us, it sounds asinine that we would consider cutting off our hands. Mm-hmm. But there's some people that have never had the history of us of growing up with the Bible and all this stuff. And when you want to take your boss seriously, Jesus seriously, whatever the case may be, I always think of that little kid, that, or the little kid, he was 18, but... <laughs> That, that did that, and I'm yeah. like, "Do you are you that dumb? You How know, could you in have my taken head, that so literally, yeah." But he did, and I don't think he was being a, a uh, you know, I have a few words for it, mm-hmm. but you know, yeah. and so I do. I, it does sound asinine to us, but it's to some people, uh, and, and that's why Jesus, you know, he went the extra mile on these parables. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I wanted to bring that. You just conjured Charles Barkley, man. He a knucklehead. <laughs> <laughs> dumb. <laughs> Man, he a knucklehead. He don't know what he doing. I felt bad because, you know, the, the further uh, down the road we got in the history with that kid, I, I, I saw, you know, he wow. just hasn't been taught a Yeah, lot. poor guy. Yeah, so it's, it's a hard saying that needs to be addressed. I would call that a teachable moment. Yeah, it certainly was. I got pretty upset. <laughs> yeah, I, I understand why. Because none of the other batteries were charged. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so that just made me think of, of that one. But, um, you know, I've got 
we've got a few more both of yeah, us do. Yeah. And uh, we weren't sure if this was going to be a two-parter or not, but it looks like it's it's going to be the best for all of us because y'all don't want to be here for another hour yeah. if that's where it goes. So uh, how about we do a, a part two on this, Josh? I think that's a great idea. We definitely want to bring um, more of these hard sayings. And I almost think that in the future, as we look at the 70 that FF Bruce took on, right. we might revisit this again. Yeah. But um, next episode, we'll be hitting more hard sayings of Jesus. So we're asking you to please come back and check out uh, this part two that we're going to record. Yeah, because it, it gets just as interesting as these. Yes, absolutely. If not more. If not more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, so in the meantime, if you have a hard saying that you would like to uh, have us talk about, or if there's something that we've already said that you're like, well, why didn't you talk about this? I'd ask that you just go ahead and reach out and, and let us know. And, and um, you can send us an email at connect at bsnakebird.com, or you can message us directly on Facebook. And we'd love to hear from you because your feedback matters. That's right, guys. We so appreciate you tuning in with us. And if the podcast is, is doing well for you, uh, please give us a good rating and review it'll help push it out to other people it's about jesus it's about his words and uh it's what we're all about so we just thank you for being here with us yeah amen so snake birds always remember whatever you do wherever you go no matter what life throws at you there's never been a better time to listen to the hard sayings of jesus come back for part two and and be a snake bird. bird